Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. Welcome back to Seven Fifty-Five is Real, presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project Seventy, celebrating seventy years of Tops baseball cards. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for the Athletic, and with my co-host Eric O'Flaherty, former Braves reliever. What's up, Eric? How you doing, man? I'm good. How you doing today, Dave? I'm doing good. Been a long day. Yeah. Braves had a day game. I swear, man. I mean, you've been on a lot of different teams, bad, good, in between. I can't remember a team whose whose fortunes seem to change as dramatically as this one in literally in a span of three days. It's happened like multiple times this year. They just got to stop seeing the Blue Jays, honestly. <laughs> I mean, that's been part of it. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, you go from that miraculous comeback on Saturday and then you complete that sweep. And you got Snit talking about Sunday afternoon about how now we look like ourselves again. This is the way we're used to playing. And, you know, and, you, and you're right. You're right. You do. That's where you look. And you think they've got things fixed. And then you lay an egg against the uh, Blue Jays for the second time in two weeks and just get swept and look bad doing it. And the bullpen, again, looks bad. And Oh, man. It's uh, – and, you know – the unfortunate thing is right now you can't afford to keep spinning your wheels because now you waited for one of those teams in the East to take off or the Mets are taking off. Yep. They are they're on a roll and starting to put a little distance between themselves and and the others. The Braves are four or five games back now. And fortunately, they're going up and playing the Brewers who are in a tailspin. Brewers have been losing a ton of games, so they need to go up there and take care of business, you know. You know the Brewers, though, with Greg Council's team is liable to turn it around at any time, so they can go up there. Yeah, I feel like with this team, too, it it, it never really matters who they play. It, it's almost yeah. like they're dictating it themselves, which is, you know, yeah. I guess that's why it's the mo- that's the most frustrating factor. Um, yeah, I mean, they could go and play the Dodgers and sweep them, or they could lose three in a row to the Marlins right now. It's It's been kind of they haven't been able to get everything firing at the same time. If, if just one aspect of the team had been consistent, like if the bullpen had just been lights out, it would have yeah. covered up the other flaws. If the lineup was just raking, you wouldn't have those close games for the bullpen to blow. But it seems like, you know, night in, night out, it's either – and it's not just like a poor performance or subpar. It's bad, bad from one aspect of the team to yeah. the other. You know, whether it's the bullpen gives up a five spot or the lineup just gets no hit. You know, something happens every night that's that's you can't cover up with other strengths of your team. Step forward, two steps back. Yeah. Two steps forward, one step back. You had that uh, on the health front as well this week. You got these great developments in that Chris Martin comes off the uh, aisle today. Pitched for the first time in five weeks. Pitched a perfect inning with a strikeout. You sign Shane Green. He'll probably be down there about a week. Whatever it takes where he looks like he's ready, he'll come up. Nuke comes in last night. Pitches a perfect inning with two strikeouts. Looked great. So you make those big additions. 
And at the same time, you get this horrible news about Soroka. Yeah. Which Soroka is going to go up to Milwaukee and get exploratory surgery on the Achilles, which is just, you did not want to hear this. And man, you know, when you said, when you kept saying you hoped that they would kind of slow, slow, slow this down a little bit or just make sure. I listened to Soroka where he said that the doc told him after four or five innings, once that thing's stabilized, you're not going to re-injure it and all that. But you said, I don't know. I mean, you got to be. And that's the way I would have felt if I wasn't, if Soroka had not told me that, you know, right. by four or five in, I would have thought Achilles. Oh, you got to be careful with an Achilles because, you know, it's just, it's so tender and so important. And so, uh, uh, you know, I just seen so many basketball players, how long it's taken them to come back Yeah, uh, over a year. Like Kevin Durant, they come back and it's still got some soreness on. Well, anyway, I think you were right. Uh, you know, he told Snit that it wasn't any particular activity. In other words, he didn't cut, you know, covering first or anything like that. It was just a sense of something's wrong with it. When he's walking around, when he's working out, whatever, he just felt something was wrong. And MRI didn't show it, but you know how those MRIs go. They don't show everything that's underneath sometimes and all that, and it shows soft tissue. And if it's buried underneath other soft tissue, then it's not like an X-ray. Yeah, I mean, that that's just – that's been my – my thought just because I had Tommy John and Tommy John was supposed to be just, you know, fix it and you're back, you know, 10, 13 months later, somewhere in that time span. And I definitely rushed it myself. You know, the first year back, I I pitched okay, but I knew something wasn't right. You know, it just didn't feel right. Um, So surgeries for me, I mean, I'm definitely real cautiously. I just don't like them. You know, they they scare me with anything and every athlete's body kind of responds to them differently. Um, but with an Achilles man like that, you saw Ryan Howard and he, he was a lot older, but yep. he was never the same. I mean, he could never move after his, um, Dan so, Marino, same way. Yeah. I was covering the dolphins at the end of his career. And Again, I know he was old, but he couldn't even move after it, after it. Yeah. And I know, I, you know, I know that the, the science and, and the medicine has gotten so much better and everything's more advanced now and you're supposed to be back sooner. And it's still, you know, just every individual is going to respond to getting cut open in a different way. And it's, it's definitely not something I wanted to be right about. And who knows, you know, even if he, even if he was taking his time, you know, at this, what's he at almost a year now or no, he's not no. at a year. He's at no, like, he didn't have, he didn't months. have until August. Yeah. So he's, I, he could have hit this hurdle. Months. Yeah. So nine months, he could have hit this hurdle, whether he was rushing it or not. You know, I mean, it's, you can't really point fingers and criticize the rehab, schedule or anything you know i mean it's just this is it's sports surgery man i mean this is just what happens and it sucks but i wouldn't you know i wouldn't get your hopes up if he's if he's having exploratory surgery to see him again this year you know yeah that's that's the that's the truth of it yeah that you know that the achilles tendon is so different than other tendons and that you know it's it's such a long Mm. really strong too but it's such a long with all the fibers and all the uh uh, there's so many different pieces. I remember Bobby Bonilla had his debrided after a season. They went in and basically, you know, he had scar tissue in there yeah. and everything. And they went and he 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 played through the 2000 uh, or the 1997 season when they won the World Series. He played, you know, on a bad Achilles. He had to shoot it up sometimes. And afterwards, they went and debrided. He didn't have the whole Achilles surgery. But that's what they called it. They went and debrided it. Well, maybe and, you know. Hopefully, it's something like that where it. It's a, it, you know, it's not like it snapped again. It, so, I mean, that'd be right, worst right. case, obviously, or, or yeah. it's hurting him really bad. Him just saying something just doesn't feel right. 
might be him having the right mindset and not wanting to push it, knowing what an important surgery and, and part of your body it is. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, even if they didn't rush it, he could be in this exact same spot. So Yeah, well, the thing just was, sucks. The, the estimated timetable for the return from Achilles surgery, return to competition, is 9 to 12 months. That's yeah. kind of the standard. Yeah, He's only at nine months now. He was going to be back a, a month ahead of that because they were talking about getting him back by mid-April, the way then he was shoulder popped spring up. training. Then yeah. the shoulder cropped up. Which I thought might be a good thing, but uh-huh. you know. I don't and know. who knows? It's Compensating also the, for one um, for the other, who knows, man? Yeah, you know? could have changed something. I also think, you know, it's it's hard to – the science of it can't be that advanced because athletes haven't been training the way that they do now for this long. Yeah, I mean, you guys are doing squats and box jumps, and, and I don't yeah. know what, what he was up to off the field, but – um, you know, a guy like him is going to want to get back to get his legs back under him, start lifting and, and doing more explosive activities than maybe guys in the past were doing. So overall, I mean, just a not good, good Lord. I hope he wasn't doing box jumps. No, those make my Achilles hurt when I yeah, see him. Man. Yeah. But you never know. I mean, guys push it hard now and he's a big yeah. boy. I mean, geez, you know, yeah, he's a big boy, but if I'm coming back from that and I'm a pitcher, I'm pitching. And I'm covering first, but I'm yeah. not doing. I'm not trying to do anything more complicated than that yeah. in that first year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I felt that way when I had Tommy John, and we were doing plyometrics, upper body plyometrics with balls. You know, we were grabbing a weighted ball and throwing it off the wall and bouncing it, and it didn't feel good. You know, so I was like, man, this is this is kind of pushing it, but it was working for everybody else. So I I don't know really what what the protocol is or what his rehab schedule's like, but overall, man, it's just it's it's bad news, but. It definitely took care of the Anoa situation. Yeah, you know, and that's that's the other thing. We get asked so many times on social media and by people, and we've said it. You know, the managers say it, players say it, but it's so true. Most of these personnel decisions, when you start talking about how's is Anoa going to stay in the rotation, who's yeah. going to get bumped when so when Soroka comes back, and I was, and you always try to tell them worry about that when you have to, because nine times out of ten, these things take care of themselves. Whether it's performance injury something happens that and it almost always does it's crazy by the time Sirocco gets back usually two things happen and you're you're still a starter shy you know (laughs) yeah yeah or you know it falls off a cliff and he's not performing you know I mean anytime you're trying to analyze this stuff a month or month and a half ahead of time so much stuff happens in a season Um, it just it's crazy how it always seems to work itself out but it does Eric let's hear from today's sponsors Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. 
So that was the bad news, you know, because they were really hoping. The thing with, with Soroka, they weren't counting on him to be back like right away and be the old Soroka. They were hoping to ease him in like the start of May. Yeah. And by when it counted down the stretch, then he might be the old Soroka like in September and in the postseason. And that would have been huge if you could have had Soroka back to being Soroka. Never mind, just getting there. They thought they had enough enough starters and and a strong enough team to get there with him just kind of working his way back into shape. But uh, obviously not. No, that I, I'm like you though. I don't see how they could, you know, unless you go. The fact that they're going in there for exploratory, yeah. and I know they scope it right. They'll go it with an Arthur Scott. They yeah, will, but will, you're still it off it and, for a while after that. You're still cutting through. You're still going through some tissue in there to see to go underneath and see what's wrong. And there's obviously something wrong. They're not going to go in there and go, nope, couldn't find anything. You know? Even well, that's if it's what's just- tough about it, though, is if if they can't find anything and he knows it's not right, then what do you do? <laughs> I you mean, know, you kind of got to go in and take a look, I guess. But One of the one of the health guys on Twitter that's a, a sports health guy that's on there and, and, and has a lot of opinions about, you know, and, and he's got a medical background, said that, it, you know, just from the sound of it, it's possible that he has like a, a micro tear or some a small tear underneath there, you know, like underneath where it doesn't show on the MRI from outside. Yeah. So they have to go in there and suture that thing up just to get it, you know. That that made some sense to me because I was trying to you know trying to describe the 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 Achilles. It's like a fibrous thing. It's like a you know it's a long thing that there's a lot of places where you could have. Yeah. I mean, it's a thick thing, so you could yeah. have tears on the inside of it that were something that wouldn't really show up. If it wasn't torn all the way through, that wouldn't necessarily show up on an MRI. Yeah, and that's that's kind of why I'm surprised they're going in there when it when it doesn't. Um, they're probably downplaying it. You know, it, it's probably he's probably more uncomfortable than he's letting on, and they just don't. You know, there's no reason to throw that out there. Like, hey, you can't walk right now or something like that. But right. you know, right. In, in, right. The other thing about surgery, when I hear him say it doesn't feel right, something's not right, is you know, it might never feel the same. And yeah. th- that's how my elbow was yeah. after I had Tommy John. It never felt right again. And it's it comes down to a choice at that point of figuring out how to use it the way it is. Because anytime you cut open a ligament or tendon, mm-hmm. y- you're going to have a lot less range of motion for a time. And, and maybe you get it back, maybe you don't. But he could just be feeling that. You know, I mean, it's a it's basically yeah. a new tendon back there. And it's going to be shorter and stiffer than he's yeah. used to. So. I mean, that's, that's just why it's so hard to even gauge or give an opinion on what this looks like for him. You know, I mean, you kind of just got to wait and see what the doctors say after they go in there. Yeah, like you talked about the initially, when you start throwing after TJ, you initially think, oh, my God, I'll never throw again. Like never. it just, it, yeah. well, imagine with an Achilles, which no. you use to move, to do anything, you're initially yeah. probably thinking, there's no way I'll ever run again. Yeah. You know, much less sprint and cut and go over and cover first. Yeah. Yeah. But he was doing all that at spring training. I mean, he pitched in yeah. that last exhibition game, covered first a couple times, went off the mound, and who knows if they tried to push it too hard. You know, we're never going to find out because they're not going to say, you know, if that was the case, they're not going to say it. So, But, you know, you can't can't rein in a horse that wants to keep going. And he was making progress, so. Yeah. You know, yeah, Wainwright it's impossible. came back in five, in five months, man, pitching in the postseason after doing it yeah. in the spring, or that start of the season. It's and different with him though, because he's just—he's old, you know. It's like if if everything breaks and he—it's over for him. I mean, he had a great yeah. ride, you know. I mean, it's a totally different perspective on a guy that could be your ace for ten years, you know. Yeah, a guy that's as good as him, or as close as can be. Yeah, because Soroka's not just good; he's great. He's—he's he's one of the top starting pitchers. Yeah, yeah. And if it was, and if there is, for instance, a small tear in there, then he's not just going to be able to 
keep working out and get, it's never going to heal. If you have to just shut it down and hope that it would heal right. Mm -hmm. So that's probably why they're going in there. If it was, if it was me, for instance, and I had a little pain in that, (laughs) I would just hope that it would heal. You know, (laughs) I wouldn't go back in for exploratory surgery. That that tells you how valuable that they think he is to do this in the first place. I mean, I wouldn't try to, if I couldn't go out and run my usual few miles, you know, because it was hurting too bad, I wouldn't go in and have exploratory surgery so that tight. I could, I'd be like, damn, well, I better learn, learn to swim. <laughs> well, that's, that's one thing that, you know, that's the hardest part about it too, is when, when my elbow wasn't feeling right after Tommy John, I didn't want to deal with another surgery. Yeah. I didn't, I knew there was something wrong with the nerve, but I didn't want them to go in there and clean up the nerve because now I'm shut down again and now I'm pushed yeah. back. So that's one of the hardest calls to make as an athlete is the call he made where you're like, sure. look, something's not right. We got to figure out what this is now before it sets me back another year. So, I mean, you know, good, good maturity on his part to make that decision, but it's yeah. definitely yeah. tough news. Um, Ronald Acuna, the other good news came today, which looked initially like it has with Acuna a couple of times before, like it might be season ending type thing. Yeah. Um, he crosses first base, and this is the second time we've seen him injure himself crossing first base, kind of, you know, signaling safe or whatever. And he's moving so fast because he can fly, yeah. as we know. All it takes is a little stumble or something. You step on the bag a little wrong. It throws your your your, your steps off. He ends up planting his left foot awkwardly, and his knee kind of hyperextended and kind of threw him again, not as violently as it did in Boston, where it looked like, okay, he's shredded at least the ACL and probably the medial collateral and a couple other injuries, posterior, and yeah. uh, which miraculously, he didn't have any torn ligaments in Boston. He came back like a month later. We're like, you got to be kidding me. How did that thing hyperextend? And, you know, but uh, anyway, today it was like a kind of a mini version of that. And it looked like he turned his ankle for a second or left the knee bowed out or whatever. But anyway, he 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 then hopped to a stop to a stop. It took like 20 hops on his right foot and he goes to the ground, lays there, like, okay, I'm dead. Yeah. And you know, the trainer came out and you're like, oh man, uh-oh, this is the last thing the brace can afford. After a couple of minutes, he got up. You knew you knew it wasn't the worst because he walked off the he field off on the his field. own. That's what which, I looked for. Which Soroka couldn't do with the torn yeah. Achilles. No, yeah, he couldn't even he couldn't put any weight on it. He walked off with no assistance from the trainer, so you knew it wasn't awful. But it could still be, you know. I mean, I've seen basketball players like Kobe Bryant shot shot uh, two free throws, throws after right? his Achilles, yeah. and I've seen a lot of basketball players walk off with an ACL tear. So I'm still yeah. thinking, let's go see. But with Acuna. You know, I've seen enough of these to think yeah. it's probably not going to be that bad. And x-rays were negative. So the ankle's okay. So he's day-to-day, which means I'm not going to be surprised at all if he's in the lineup tomorrow at Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah. Just the way he is. I mean, but, I'd like to see him clean that up before some fans start having heart attacks, you know? I mean, yeah. Yeah. But I, you, that's the thing we talked about when Avalon had his first cramp of his life and was rolling around on the ground for 45 minutes is yeah. a lot of these young guys, man, have never felt any pain or injuries because right. th- their bodies have been so flexible and loose for so long. And, you know, it's probably like that for him. This is his first time maybe ever rolling his ankle or doing something like that where first time you do it, man, it's scary. You think you broke something. And then yeah. two days later, it's it's not that bad. You tape it up and you're back out there. So. He homered on the first pitch of the game today, which is starting to be like it's one of those things. If you've got brace season tickets, or if you go to see them on the road, you need to be in your seat because when you hear that, especially at home, where you hear that Acuna music, that distinct walk up music, you better be sitting down because this dude is hacking on the first pitch. If it's anywhere close, he's swinging, and he has just uncanny how he's done this now so much in this early in his career. 
So he homers on the first pitch, and it was a shot up there on the Hank Aaron Terrace, which is the second level yeah, of seats. Yeah, it was a bomb. Above. Yeah, it was a shot. And uh, it was 440-some feet. It's only him and Trout and one other dude have got three over 440 this year. Um, it was his majors leading 12th homer. 21st career leadoff homer. Extends his own franchise record. Uh, since he debuted August 18th, 2018, he's got the most leadoff homers in the majors, and eight of the 21 came on the first pitch. Yeah. First I don't know pitch. why he ever gets a first pitch fastball. I mean, the dude <laughs> today, the same way. I know. 91 at the belt middle in. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's swinging. I, I saw him I saw him call fastball in first pitch, and I was just like, there's like a 70% chance is a homer right here because the dude doesn't yeah. throw that hard where it's going to beat him. Sure enough, I mean, he almost couldn't stay back on it long enough. How do you, as a scout, with the scouting report, never again. Going over that, how do they not tell, <laughs> don't throw this guy a first pitch fastball at the start of the game? Do not do it. <laughs> I mean, if you got a ton of confidence in a sinker yeah. or something like that, you might think it's an easy out, but I, that would be the first thing I said in the pitchers' meeting to start the series is nobody throw this guy a first pitch fastball to start the game. Yeah. Just don't do it. <laughs> he's going up there to hit a homer first pitch like that. I don't know how many he's hit, but he tries it every time. So, yeah, that was kind of twenty-one. That was kind of shocking to me. I think Springer's got like right that same amount or whatever. But uh, and those six two more are, years. He's uh, yeah, and the and the Philippe I lose the next next most in the Atlanta Braves, Atlanta era Braves. He's had seventeen of them, but again, it was in a lot more time than yeah. Acuna. Well, I mean, part he, of that's he shouldn't be hitting leadoff, you know, with his talent. He shouldn't, a, but you don't dare move him out of no, that spot. No, it just it happens to work best for him. Yeah. But he's he's got the talent of a guy that right. would be in the three or four hole. Yeah, yeah. He just happens to, you know, flourish in he, the he just the best in the leadoff spot. But and they don't want to mess with it. But that talent should not be leading off the game. Well, nobody else with that kind of power has that kind of speed. Right. I mean, Trout had it when he was young, but he didn't run. Yeah. Nobody else does. Not that kind of speed. No. And that is disruptive in that leadoff spot, man. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it works perfectly. It's just, you just don't see guys with his talent and that power usually leading off. So he's going to, he's probably going to set a few records. Shit. If he stays in the leadoff spot, he'll end up having 40 or 50 of those. <laughs> if he stays in there for a few more years, you know, yeah. I don't yeah. think he'll stay there his whole career, but at least till he slows down on me. I don't know. Ricky Henderson probably had a few. He did. Granderson. Quite a few. Yeah. Yeah, hit the record is yeah way up there. It's like, uh, oh god, I looked it up the other day. Maybe Tim can look that up for us. It's way. I mean, it's close to a hundred, maybe. I got. I'd have to look it up. He it's can do lot. that though. If he bats eighty-one, Ricky Henderson. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's he a could, lot. He could, he could do it if he hits there five or six more years. Yeah, and Ricky did years. it probably in twenty-two years. Maybe eight more years. He's been. He's only had like a full, full season, barely over a full season. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, think of it that way. Yeah, when you look at the the games played. So anyway, but today, that and Dansby Swanson's home run, which Dansby mm-hmm. Swanson's home road splits, we talked about the last time, yeah. are ridiculous. This yeah. day. he's got to even those up a little bit on the road, but um, that. Those two things were really, and the return of Chris Martin, that was about it yep. from today's game for the Braves because they had a lead and blew it again. And that last year's bullpen just did not blow these leads after six, seven innings like this team's doing. 
And they also got another mediocre start from Charlie Morton, who didn't once again didn't get this time. He didn't even make it out of the fifth inning. He was going along fine till the fifth inning, and he's had one or bad one, usually one bad inning, and a couple of times he's had two kind of rough ones. But today he's cruising along. He's got a two-one uh, lead, and he runs into the fifth inning. What he's had a he's perfect in the third. He's he got on the a roll. F- he started off a little sloppy. Like both, yep. those first two innings, both looked like they could have got out of hand on him. Yeah, because in the second, he gave up a walk, a single, a single, and a hit by pitch. You thought, yep. oh, this shit, this is his bad inning. But then he had a strikeout and a flat to get out of that inning, right, yep. with only one run in. Yep. So that started a streak of eight guys retired in a row, right? Yep. Then he starts the fifth by giving up a hit to, to Reese McGuire, uh, then a bunt, sacrifice bunt by the pitcher. Then it's, a, then it's a line out the left. Then it goes RBI single, single. Single RBI single walk. So he four straight guys, single, single, single walk. And that was it. Snit seen enough. Pulls him out, brings in Jacob Webb. God, God bless Snit because he stands by Jacob Webb. He keeps throwing, running that kid out there in some tough situations. Well, you know what that was for Webb today, though, was if you give it up here, you're the wear it guy and you're going down tomorrow. That yeah. That's what I read into that outing because you come that in there sense. with bases loaded, you give up a grand slam or something. Now we feel uh-huh. like the game's blown open. Uh-huh. You're eating up two more innings, and you got that's a bus ride to Gwinnett. I mean that that's how I view those appearances. After he's he's had a couple rough ones and some mental lapses where he didn't right. cover some bases. The right. one where the one where he didn't cover first, and Freddie was about to throw home yeah. the other day. That is a free pass for me because you can't right. run in front of Freddie's throw, and if Freddie catches it clean, he's going home. Yeah, yeah. Regardless, my initial though, reaction was this, was the same. I said. What is Webb doing? And yeah. then I watched the replay. Yeah, and then I heard up. I heard Moilo talking about it afterwards. He goes, I know yeah. he's gonna take a lot of shit on that, but he did there's That's nothing he could one. do there. I mean you and, could run and slide under it or something, but you you're not getting there. Because Freddie the play was at home and Freddie didn't field it cleanly. If he fields it clean, he fires the home and Webb's off the hook. And like Snit said, there's no way Freddie's thinking about a play at first base on that. He's thinking right. home all the way because yep. he's got a great arm. Yeah. So Webb would have in. to run right in front of him. And Freddie's going to hit him in the side of the head. If you look at the replay, it's pretty clear. It's just one of those weird. Or you mess up Freddie's throw. Like the last thing right. you want to do is is get in his way. But, I mean, he bobbled it, so he didn't get to find and out. And there's not going to be a play at first. He's going to have no. to race to get over there to yeah. beat the runner. And Freddie's, like you said, he's trying to get make the play at home. Yeah. So, yeah, I, my initial reaction was wrong on that. But uh, it just looked bad because he had not covered home yeah. the night before on a so- really bad one. Either way, bullpen's struggling. Webb's had a yeah. couple, maybe one or two mental lapses and, and a couple of games that haven't gone his way. I read that as if he doesn't deal today, he's going down. You know, I mean, you put him in that position yeah. as a manager, and it's like he came through. He got that big punch out and got and out Snit of it. Snit lauded but, him, too. Snit said yeah. he got the huge out for us there. Yeah. You know, he comes in, strikes out uh, Guriel with the uh, bases loaded. Then they get it over to Martin, and he's yep. looked, he looked, looked great. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, – Luke gave up a solo shot, or was that no? Now uh, Chris Mart was the seventh. Yeah, yeah. Mentor came in. You had uh, uh, Webb Martin. Mentor, Mentor came in, and gave up a knock and a and a walk. And Mentor did not. He, yeah, he did not. He, Mentor's had a couple of rough outings, man. Yeah. I just think he's showing fatigue. He's been used. He's pitched a in nine, nineteen of their thirty-five games, man. Yeah, thirty-seven games, nineteen. Which is hard because he's been one of their best guys, and when he comes in yep. and he's he's on, you know, he's he's that button you want to push. But that's another reason why they could use some blowouts is just to give guys a, a a rest and not have to use them so much. And 
as a manager, you kind of feel like that spot's coming. So you, you kind of ride them hard with all these close games and you figure there's going to be a few blowouts and we'll get them some rest. Yeah. But right now the appearances are piling up on him. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not done this before. No. I mean, he's on pace for what, you know, anytime you get up there around 80 appearances for a guy who's not done this and had injuries in the past and all that. Not throwing just, 98 either. You know, I mean, we, I used to do it okay, but I was throwing 91 and I was pitting spots. Right. The guys that come in blowing cheese yeah. and he's, he's letting it eat. You know, he's not just trying to get yeah. it over the plate. He's, he's putting everything into every pitch. So that's, I mean, that's a lot more taxing on the arm and, Part of the reason why these guys throw 97, 98 is they, they do take more days off and take it easier on their arm, too. So Yeah. Webb, by the way, pitched the next inning, too. He went yeah. an inning in third. So that was yeah. a really good appearance for him. And then yeah. you turn it over to Martin. So you're cruising along, yeah, until you, you hit the bump with uh, with Mentor. And then Luke comes in, gets a big out, gets a ground out there to yep. get him out of that without any more damage. And then Will Smith came in, and he's pitched really well lately. He had 10 appearances where he'd given up one run, three hits. He's pitched yep. great. And people jump on him so fast. He's one of those guys, you know, because the way he started last year, people turn on him so quick. But he's pitched great. But today he just did not have it. Nope. And they just jumped on him, man. They're a really aggressive team. Yeah. But Toronto's got a really aggressive, good lineup. Yeah, a lot of good righties. Yes. You know, that's, that's tough for They Smith. are hell on lefties, man. Yeah. And that's not good for the Braves because their bullpen is so lefty dominant. <laughs> yeah. Mean, which is going to fix that, you know, at least coming up with, uh, you know, by adding Martin and you're going to bring Green back because that's yeah. been a real flaw that they – it hasn't bit them too many times, but it has lately. It's been them enough. You know. Yeah. And you've had to use some, the, your main guys, like you said, so many times that they're just not the same guys they were a couple of weeks ago. So hopefully they'll be able to rest him a little bit more, back off both those guys a little bit, Matzik and Mentor, and uh, and even maybe even Will Smith, let uh, – you know, let Shane Green close a couple of games if yeah. you if you're running if you happen to get hot again where you where you reel off three or four. Well, know? and even if you think about it, like with Smith struggling today, who do you feel confident in coming in for him? You know, it's almost like him struggling is still your best option versus right. making a change. Chris Martin would be the only guy right now, and he already pitched. Yeah, or Matzik so if the match matchups were right, but that's why that depth helps so much. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing I was saying too is like you know last year they'd have these blowout games where you yeah. could give your bullpen a blow, you know, with, yep. without Freddie and Ozuna firing like they are, like they were last year, you're not getting these chances to just throw Tomlin four innings in a, in a 10, one game. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's every game has been close and, and the mental stress on your pen when every game's close like that is, you know, that piles up too. Guys, let's take a quick break and then we'll finish up the show. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, I was talking to Charlie today. Because he's gotten off. They gave him a $15 million contract. He's 37 years old. Who knows? This is last year, but he I'm I, I'm sure if it was if it's a really good year, he probably will consider to keep playing. But anyway, he came back home or came back to the Braves, his original franchise. And this is guy, we've talked about him. This guy has been one of the best, the best big game pitcher, postseason pitcher in baseball the last five or six years, beginning with that 2017 run with the uh with the Astros. And, you know. After giving up six runs on opening day a year ago, the rest of his 
season was normal. Charlie, mid-three ZRA, and then the postseason, he was dynamite for the first three of his four starts in the postseason. He comes here, he looks good in spring training, he's in great shape. It's a normal spring and offseason as opposed to last year. So, you know, you watch him in spring and you expect big things from this guy. So far, it just hadn't happened. He's, uh, and it's kind of frustrating for him because it's not as though his stuff is diminished. He's still throwing 93 to 95. Mm-hmm. I looked at it today, dude. His spin rate, you know, was over 3,000 last year on his curveball. This year, I looked at it today on uh, sub, on Baseball Savant. He had the 38 pitches in that game with the highest spin rate. He oh, had the top 38 of the game. Yes. Yeah, that's impressive. 24 with a spin rate, all curveballs. 24 with a, cur- with a spin rate over 3,000 RPMs. Eight over 3,100. So his curveball is spinning like, the best, I mean, it's all like it always has, but he's running into these stretches. And he said, he, you know, he's trying to make adjustments and figure it out, but he's running into these stretches, whether it be a whole inning or four or five guys where he just can't, he's just missing a little bit and guys are feasting on him. Yeah. Yeah. But I it's mean, gotta be maddening for a guy who's still throwing great. Like he is. No, that's almost worse than when you just don't have it anymore and you get hit, you just you know, I guess I'm just, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not bringing much to the table, but when your stuff's still there and every, you know, and you see him get really bad swings and throw some nasty pitches, um, that that's why I haven't been worried about him, you know, because he looks great. The stuff's there. And then, like you said, it just kind of, an inning will unravel on him. But, you know, watching him today, even in the first and second innings, I felt like he skated by. Like, he, you know, he, either one of those two innings could have been his blow-up yeah. inning. And I yeah. was watching it thinking – all right, maybe maybe those were his innings where where he would have gotten blown up, and he's about to make that adjustment and start uh-huh. cruising. And for, I mean, for the most part, he did. He went what five? Ah, not it a was, great start, uh, but it was uh, four and four, two thirds yeah. innings. He's only threw fifty seven strikes and ninety four pitches. So and that right there the is different. He yeah. he usually locates a lot better than yeah. that. Yeah, two walks, which for him is yeah. Uh, he got no decision. He's two and two now with a five point oh eight ERA and eight starts. That would be his highest ERA since he had a seven five seven and seventeen starts with Pittsburgh in twenty ten. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe uh, Snit said, was trying to nip it in the bud today. You know, thinking it, watching the start, thinking it could unravel any minute. You well, know, hell, he's at ninety four pitches, man. Yeah, I would have. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he, I would have tried to let him get through that, but yeah, it could have blown up on him, and, and the game could have got out of hand, like it did last week. That start where you right. didn't get out of the first inning, right? Snit probably wanted him to feel at least a little, you know, good about. Uh, not having two horrible ones in a row. Yeah. He said, if my stuff, I asked him about it. I said, you know, is it more frustrating when, you know, you still got good stuff? It's not like you're five mile an hour off your fastball. And, you you know, he said, if my stuff was down, I'd probably have the attitude that there really wasn't anything I could do. Yeah. I mean, if I can't pitch with my stuff like it was last year, it's still fine. It's still good enough. It's not something that's going to blow people away and impress everybody, which I think is being modest because it is yeah. really impressive. It's not something that's going to blow people away and rest everybody. But I should be able to pitch with 91 to 93, 94. With good movement, like, tight spin. And, yeah, and he was like 95, actually. So yeah. It's like I'm still spinning my curveball. But it's but it's about making an adjustment, building on the good things that you've done and trying to learn from the bad things. That's where I'm at. I'm trying to be objective about my outings. I'm trying to learn from my mistakes and just try to get better. But I guess this, that's the silver lining, that my stuff is still there. It's just there's some things. There's a pitch mix element to it. There's a mechanical element to it. Just an overall approach, but I feel like there's no reason why I can't get those things squared away and go out there and do a good job for this team. And that's not a tough sell. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's there. So the other thing today, the bad day, uh, Christian Pache, man, he's just had a rough go of this first day, this uh, first stretch of the season. I, I was among those sold by his NLCS performance because he really looked like a guy that was in his element. Don't showed no signs of being overwhelmed in that environment. Had professional bats. Each of his first four starts, he's thrust into the lineup in the NLCS. He's got four major league plate appearances to his name. And had great at-bats. Duvall gets hurt. He's in the lineup, and he had great at-bats even when he wasn't getting hits. But the first four starts, he had one hit and one RBI every game, including a double and a home run. You know, you're like, okay, this kid's ready to take over next year. There was no doubt in my mind. And obviously the Braves felt the same way because he had a crappy uh, spring training offensively, but he still was their opening day starter. I mean, they didn't hesitate. And you just figure, okay, he'll be fine. once. But he hasn't been. And he just yeah. kept struggling. And he's just looked overwhelmed. at the. Fr- I mean, he's just looked uh, outmatched at the, against most of these guys at the plate, man. Yeah. Tons of strikeouts. Yeah. I mean, I saw him today just get a 91-mile-an-hour fastball right down the middle blown by him. You know, I mean, it, it. that's the tough thing. You know, I mean, when you're in the playoffs, you don't see your number up there on the scoreboard, your, your averages yeah. and all that stuff. You don't you don't have this back of your baseball card mindset of, damn, I'm hitting 110 or 125. Yeah. You know, you don't see all that. And it doesn't really matter if you slumped yesterday. You know, it's a new game and nobody cares about your stats in the postseason unless you do something awesome. You know, it's yeah. such a small sample size. So he might be feeling the pressure and. Maybe just not quite ready for the level, but yeah, I don't care how good your defense is. You got to do something, especially yeah. with the pitcher spot in in the NL, and especially with all the guys not raking like they did last year. You could have carried that. Maybe, it wouldn't matter, you know. But now you got you're like a day like today. You got Mathis in there. You got the pitcher yep. hidden, and you got Pacha. You got one third of your lineup is an automatic out. Yeah, that's tough. So he leaves. He gets uh, he gets put on the IL today. Comes out of the game after the second. I know a lot of people were saying, oh, that seems like a convenient way to put him back on the aisle. No, it was Not legit. In the game. It was legit because you Not saw the game. re He pulled up at crossing uh, yeah. first base on his ground out in second inning. It was obvious. Yeah. You don't do so that So he's got another injury. So he had a groin injury, put him on the IL. And after he healed from the groin injury, they sent they optioned him to AAA to work on his swing and his confidence. Well, he's only there a couple of three games. And that was when Guillermo Heredia gets hurt. He hurts his hamstring. So they have to bring Pache back before he could really do much at all, Triple A. And he hits a grand slam in his first game back, which in hindsight probably wasn't the best thing he could have done. No. Because <laughs> he's thinking, it's fixed. It's fixed. Yeah, I'm back. Because he just ran into one left over the middle of the plate, you know? How far out's Heredia? Uh, he was supposed to start his rehab assignment, I think, tonight. He had been running the bases the last two days, so without any problems. So, uh, Ender comes up right now because Ender's been down there and he's playing. He's healthy. He's not hitting at all. It's no big surprise. But I would think if Ender gets through about three games, maybe this road trip, this because it's a quickie to Milwaukee. I expect Heredia to be in there when he gets back. Yeah. You know, unless Ender surprises everybody, he hits like crazy on these three games. But yeah, I don't see at least happening. put you know doing a platoon with those two guys and, and getting better matchups. I mean, Heredia looked great when he was here. Yeah, he, was, he did. I mean, he was he was he looked great. So. But for now, I mean, Pache, dude, he's uh, already hurt twice, but that's that's not the problem. The problem is the plate appearances. I looked it up on uh, Fangraphs. I put in a minimum of 65 plate appearances because he's got 66 or something. Of the 288 Major League players who've had at least 65 plate appearances before today, he is dead last in on-base percentage at 152 
dead last in OPS at 358 in the majors. 288 yeah. guys. He's hitting 111 with a 206 slugging percentage. Uh, and I mean, that you, just you can't that's even a pitcher, roll that out man. there just for his own well-being, you know. I mean, that's it's a such a struggle like it is. And you got a pitcher spot. You know that you made a good point that if the lineup was firing like it was last year, you could hide this. If you had the DH, yeah. you could maybe hide it, but when you got a pitcher spot, those two guys at the end of a lineup, you know, that allows you to manipulate the six and seven batters too. Yeah. When you know those guys are coming up, then you're not giving Dansby or Riley anything to hit. Or if it's yeah. Contreras, you're pitching around him. Uh, it, it just it allows you too many options to pitch around those guys and, and play out the inning the way you want it to as a pitcher. That it, it takes so much pressure off when you know you got that coming. And I think if other guys were raking and they were scoring six, seven runs a game, he probably wouldn't feel the pressure either. You know? Right. He's yeah. out there having fun, doing his thing. Nobody, but now everybody's dwelling on it. He's looking up the scoreboard and seeing it, you that know, and sucks. people. Yeah. It's amazing how much that affects your confidence, too. You know, when you roll into the game, yeah. for me as a reliever, when I rolled into the game and I had a 2 1 ERA or a 1 4 ERA, I was mm-hmm. just like, I'm the man. You know, I'd like, come get yeah. it. But when I rolled up there with like a 7 7 5. Yeah. I just feel like these guys think they're just going to shit all over me. You know, I mean, yeah. that was your mindset going into it. You you knew that they could see your numbers, and that affects the opponent and affects yourself too. So, I mean, good to get him whenever he's healthy, just hitting again in AAA and, and kind of a fresh start when he comes back up to put that behind him. And between uh, Ender and Heredia coming back, I think they'll be able to keep him down there now. He needs Until to stay he, down there for about a, at least yeah. two or three weeks. Until he gets hit, hot. Like, 350 yeah, down there. Yeah, yeah. And feel good about himself again. Yeah. Um, you know, because this guy's not played a whole lot at the high levels of the minors. Yeah. I mean, they basically put him at center because they, you know. It's it's it. as much about development as it is about winning. You know, I mean, for him personally, he needs to go down there and develop and and not deal with this, but you also want to win. So I mean it's kind of a no-brainer move whenever he's back to yeah. get him, yeah, two, three weeks, and he better be raking before you call him back up. You don't want to call him back up cold. Seven for 63 this year, three doubles, one home run, two walks, 25 strikeouts. In the past mm. eight games, one for 27 with one walk. So, no good. No. So anyway, that's where they are. And, uh, you know, I thought Freddie had really turned a corner, but last couple games, not, not looked too great again. So not like Freddie. Just, just not, it's not been a Freddie season so far. You know, maybe this will be one of those seasons that's just not the brave season, but so far I think it's still yeah, there's plenty early. of times. Oh, I know, obviously. Too early for that. We're still only one fifth of what, one fifth? One fifth of yeah. the way. One coming up on a quarter of the way in. Well, I, so. I mean the way I look at that is just they're playing at fifty five, sixty percent capability, like of yeah. what they're capable of right now, where it doesn't Yeah. If they were if everybody looked good and they were just getting their asses kicked, then you're like, you know, maybe it's not their year. But there's yeah. there's nowhere to go but up and they could be worse off. How about having a guy like Adrianza, man? He played three positions today. Starts He's at huge. third with Riley getting a day off. That didn't last long. Two innings. Riley's at third base after after uh, Pacha gets hurt. And Adrianza goes to right field. Cunha slides over to center. Then Cunha gets hurt. Adrianza slides over to center. Riley goes to right field. <laughs> or no, nice Riley stays at have. third. And Adrianza, yeah, I don't know what the hell. Um, yeah, it's a nice option to have a guy that can actually play six, seven positions yeah. and 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 not embarrass himself out there. And nice to have Riley can you know go from between third and right too. So and hitting again. All right, we'll uh, we'll talk again after this Brewers series. Braves could certainly use a a winning series and uh, 
and a good health report on Acuna tomorrow, they hope. They need it. So, all right. We'll talk again. Thanks, everybody. Give us a good rating. 755 is real. We are out.